0: What's up guys, Max here, brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show Live. It is a Friday here in Okinawa, Japan, and believe it or not, five minutes ago I was eating potato chips and I was really enjoying that, but now I am live on here on YouTube with you guys and there's no place I would rather be. It has been a cool week. It has been a fun week. I've been having a good time. Uh, But, and by the way, somebody was asking if my dog's okay. She is doing fantastic. Uh, She is pretty much full speed ahead after her, uh, tooth extraction. So thank you for your interest and concern. Um, she appreciates it very much. Uh, an eagle eyed fan emailed me or, you know, DM'd me on Instagram last night to make a correction on one of my videos from this week, which was to tell me that, uh, and, and, uh, this is, this is on me. This is totally on me, but to tell me that, I made a mistake in my Air Force female wears Louis Vuitton shoes video. Um, they were not Louis Vuitton shoes. They were Louis Vuitton. And breaking news, I don't even know what I just said. So whatever that means, whatever Louis Vuitton is or Louis Vuitton, uh, I don't know. I'm going to be straight up honest. I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to the shoes. I just will... I will die for your right to wear them. That's where I stand on that. So I wanted to issue that correction. You know, I'm not afraid to correct myself when I'm wrong on a video here on the Scuttlebutt Show. But if you if you see me get something wrong, you make sure you tell me because uh, otherwise I won't know. Um, we have something cool today on the show, which should be pretty fun. It is the the oldest the oldest graduate of Army boot camp ever uh, has recently come across my radar. He's an old man, frankly. An old man, recently graduated Army boot camp, proving once and for all the Army's boot camp is easiest. (laughs) Just kidding. It's got to be, well, it's got to be the Coast Guard. Do they even have a boot camp or do they just have like a PowerPoint presentation? So we'll get to that. That's what we have coming up today. Um, Since it is the weekend uh, and this is going to be the last episode of the week, I would appreciate if you guys checked out all the clips on YouTube, caught up on the podcast. If you've missed any episodes this week, that would be totally awesome. Uh, there wasn't really too many other stories that I wanted to cover today. A couple were popping up here and there, um, but I, I didn't really have too much to, to go over. There was um, a cool video about what it takes to become a Green Beret that I think I'm going to try to cover next week. But the main thing that I was going to go over was, uh, was this video. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a short day today. You know, it rarely ever is. It's rarely ever a short day, but we'll see. We'll see what happens today. It's only 11.03 right now. We are well into our stream. Hey, uh, the the other the other thing I want to get to today, I, I almost, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. The other thing I want to get to today was uh, answering questions from the Q&A on Instagram. Now, I don't have a huge amount of Instagram followers or anything like that by any means. Uh, that's really where I post a lot of personal stuff as well as updates on the show, thumbnails, you know, clips go up on there every once in a while. But I did post a QA and a on what people wanted me to talk about, um, if, if they had any questions for me to talk about in the show. And I figured uh, I would answer some of those questions today. I did say I was going to do that. So before we get to the video, before we get to the oldest Army boot camp graduate in history, even back dating to the American Revolution, um, let's go ahead and answer some of those questions. So the first question was from somebody who said, What do I think about the COVID vaccine for the military? COVID vaccine mandatory for military. Um, Well, I don't think that the COVID vaccine should be mandatory for anybody until it's uh, FDA approved. And that is the standard that has been set forth by the government up to this point. So the COVID vaccine is not going to be mandatory and it's not going to be mandatory for the military. Um, It's going to be available hopefully by the end of this year. I, for one, cannot wait to get it. I can't wait to get the COVID vaccine. I mean, I might have had COVID. Uh, who knows? You know, I could have, I could have had it. I got sick last February or January, and uh, and then I got over it. So who knows? I might have already had it. But I will get that vaccine. In case there's any, anybody's wondering my position on this, I will get that vaccine when it comes out. Um, and as far as making it mandatory, there's no doubt in my mind it will become on the mandatory vaccine list, just like all the other mandatory vaccines that the military has. So influenza, anthrax, depending on where you're deploying, smallpox, uh 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 like MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, all these vaccines that you get, like when you go to boot camp, you get the whole vaccine treatment, then you get a shot, the peanut butter shot, right in your butt to make you uh really uncomfortable for the first couple of days, which is just uh some antibiotics to make sure you're not sick. I spent all of boot camp sick. If you guys haven't seen the boot camp uh, series videos that I did, you can check those out on on the YouTube channel. Just look up Navy Veteran Reacts to Making a Sailor. Maybe I'll throw it in the uh, in the in the comments um, from this video. But it, it was a, a brutal experience for me in boot camp. Absolutely, absolutely brutal. I was sick the whole time, um, and I got better on like the day that we like the day we left Chicago. The day I left Great Lakes, I got better. So. Any vaccine, uh, I'll go ahead and take it uh, because I don't want to get sick. I don't think that uh, there's any, well, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't foresee there being any major risk to taking the COVID vaccine when it comes out, but I don't think it should be mandatory anytime soon until there's a lot more um, information available out there. Also, I read that it's going to be like there's going to be a huge consent process to getting the COVID vaccine, so if you do want to get it, you're going to have to get all this information provided to you by your doctor, Um, and being out here in Okinawa, Japan, I don't even know when we're going to get it. It could be, we could be well on the back burner for a priority for the COVID vaccine because we just don't have that many cases, but you know what you might've seen on the news. I don't know if you did or not that Okinawa just had 72 Marines test positive for COVID 19 up on camp Hansen, which is because, oh man, COVID is crazy. You know, COVID is just so bonkers. Like if there was ever, an example of a failure to pivot it is the government's handling of covid-19. Like we just seem to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. We keep repeating the same failed tactics. I was just thinking about this this morning actually. Let me go on a little tangent here before we get to the the oldest army boot camp graduate because it's it's directly related to the military because we have people deploying out here to Okinawa who are bringing covid. So here's the deal. Lockdowns haven't worked yet we keep doubling down on lockdowns. Like lockdowns haven't worked on to this point, so you're just going to say, well, you know what? If one week lockdown didn't work, two weeks. If two weeks doesn't work, four weeks. If four weeks doesn't work, 100 days. So this whole like, it, it's just, it's obviously not working. Like when's the, when, are, when is leadership going to pivot and say they need to come up with another way to encourage people to stop spreading COVID-19 because what they're doing is not working and just more threats of doing the same thing isn't gonna really have a big impact I don't think so what do you guys think if you think that there's a better way I'd love to know what your th- thoughts are I personally just think that they, they shouldn't do anything and inform people and let people make their own decisions that's what I think because um, I'm all for government staying out of our lives that's pretty much where I stand on that now uh, as far as the people de- but but as far as the military goes people are deploying from the states out to Okinawa to do you know training jungle warfare stuff and they come out here and then they test positive for covid so they get stuck out here on Okinawa they spread it to the marines they spread it to the local population then they stay out here until they're all clear and then they go home apparently right now there's a bunch of military commands navy marines army air force bases abroad forward deployed bases who are getting covid i mean we're not cha- why aren't we changing anything we're not changing any of our tactics but we're expecting a different result And that's the definition of insanity. And that's what this whole thing is. It's total insanity. So that's what I think about COVID-19 vaccine for the military is I can't wait to get mine. It's not going to be mandatory. I don't think it should be mandatory unless it's FDA approved. Then it can go right in there with the rest of the mandatory vaccines that you get when you join the military. And hey, if you don't like that, you don't have to join the military. It's that easy. There's tons of things that you, if you don't like what the military does, don't join it. It's not, the military is not going to change for you. So that's that. Now. I don't know if you guys know this, but, um, in the last few weeks, I think it's been about two weeks since active duty Navy chief results came out and someone asked me on Instagram, this is my second. So I got two questions, which was awesome. I really appreciate that. Uh, the other one was, didn't they, they were asking me, Max, didn't you make chief, uh, in the Navy, but you never put on anchors and could you tell that story? And uh, it's not a huge, it's not a huge story. I guess I could, you know, I can make anything a huge story, but I'll, I'll tell you kind of the background on this. So I was in the Navy for um, thir- 13 and a half years, a little more. And I had made chief right before I got out. Now, the deal with that is, um, it's funny because if I go back to like when I was a, a junior, a junior sailor, I used to think uh, that if, if you were a, senior E6 in the Navy with gold stripes on your uniform, which means that you had been in the Navy for longer than 12 years, and you were still E6 and below, that you were some kind of dirtbag. Like, you were a loser, and uh, wh- what's wrong with you? Well, it's a lot harder to make chief in less than 12 years than you might think, um, especially when you're in a competitive rate, which mine was not super competitive. To be totally honest, it was it was medium, I would say. It was right in the middle, AT aviation electronics technician. Uh, It was right in the middle, right in the middle of the pack, like really hard rates are like hospital corpsman's really hard rate to make rank, Um, really easy rates are like nuclear engineers, SEALs. You know, if you're in one of those rates, you're going to make rank really easy. Um, And then everyone else kind of falls somewhere along the spectrum. So I was probably in the middle of the pack and I had been eligible for chief. I think it was my third time, my third time eligible for making chief. And the process goes, you have to take a test. You take a written test. It was in January. The results of the written test come out in the spring. Then after that, the uh, the board convenes, which is like a assembly of chiefs, chiefs, senior chiefs, and master chiefs, where they go through the records of everyone eligible for chief and they tally up points based on your career and your service record. And if you make enough points based on what rate you're in, you will get selected for chief. So if there's... You know, a certain number of people who are who they can make chief, like they can make a hundred chiefs. So then they say they're going to make a hundred chiefs, and minimum score to make chief is like one seventy. So everyone who gets above one seventy up to a hundred people is going to make chief or whatever. Um, a Simplified version of what the process is. So I take the test, and uh, the process of me taking the test was. A little something like this. We were TAD from our home base. So we were up north doing some training, which was very common. Very, very common. Um, we were probably up north training more than we were in Coronado. And uh and so we got drunk the night before. Uh we got pretty good good and hammered. And I go in to take my my chiefs test and I'm hung over. And here's the thing, though, before I go any further, I had already made the decision to get out of the Navy that year. So my decision to get out of the Navy was multi-factored, uh, the biggest factors being I did everything I wanted to and so much more in the Navy and there was other things I wanted to do. I was struggling psychologically with some of the effects of doing a bunch of deployments and kind of the way I was seeing the world through my eyes at the time. And I had realized I just need to get out of the Navy. So I make the decision, I get out of the Navy. That's going to be the next fall. So I go in to take the test hungover, uh, not taking it super seriously. Just going in there, not, you know, Christmas tree in the exam. So in other words, randomly filling in bubbles. I read the question. I answered the question to best of my ability. Um, and But I didn't study. I did not do a lot of studying and preparation and all that. So I go in there. I take the test. Uh, and the prior two tests, so this is my third attempt, right? The prior two tests I had not passed. Or, in other, or another way to put it is I did not make board. So I did not become board eligible. My test score was not high enough to send me on to the uh, service record review process. So this time, I was not expecting any different result, to be honest. Like, I was just kind of saying, doing the same thing expecting a different result is not the way to go. So I had done the same thing, and I expected the same result. So I go in there, I take the test, but I made board. I did. I passed the test. I got the minimum score required to make board, and it's what's called my first look, my first time eligible for chief. So... I uh, I I I'm like okay, well I'm gonna get a look. Um, whatever happens, happens. And there's a there's a thing you can do when you're when you're up for uh, advancement to to E7 in the Navy or Chief, which is you can put in a package. What that means is you can go through your own service record and your electronic service record and see if there's anything missing or that you would like to add, or you can write a letter on your own behalf. And then that'll be seen by the people who determine your fate to make chief. So the people who are going to determine your fate, they can see this and decide uh, if it matters to your package or not. I did not do that. So it's my first time up for chief. I did not put in a package. I just, I did nothing. I was completely not proactive. And here's the reason why. If I made chief, that means somebody else in my rate didn't make it. I took someone's spot. Now you have to take the test or else you get in trouble. So I took the test. I didn't Christmas tree a test because there's no honor in that. So I took the test. And then I put in no additional effort to make chief. I just let myself be looked at by the board. Well, August that year, I'm on terminal leave, which is you're using up your leave days that you still have remaining before you get out of the military. Or you can sell them back, but you don't get that much pay for them. So I'm taking some leave. I'm enjoying my time. And in that time that I'm enjoying on leave... I had actually started working. So I had taken a job. I was already working as a government contractor. Still on terminal leave, still technically in the Navy, but I had started working as a government contractor. So that was a uh, a big deal for me to, like, get out of the military and have a great job. Like, I had a great job lined up. So when I get the phone call sometime mid-August 2017 that uh, I had made chief, I... Well, I didn't know what to do. For one, I was honored. I was super honored. Um, I sleep better at night knowing that I made chief before I got out of the Navy than having to wonder forever if I would have made it if I stayed in. I will say that. That is 100% true. Now, I am glad that I made the right choice for me. Like, I'm doing great now. It was the right choice. But they had said that I could extend in the Navy for a while in order to go through the process or the, or the season or, or chief initiation, whatever you call it, um, and put on the anchors and wear the uniform and then just get out then. So I could go through the process, wear the anchors, wear the uniform, the khakis, and then get out of the Navy. But you know, thinking about it, what's the, what's that do for, what's that do for the Navy? For me, that just means that basically I can go on and be like a stolen valor guy and be like, yeah, I was a chief, chief in the Navy. Uh, but what does that do for the Navy? What does that do for, you know, my shipmates, so to speak, uh, who I'd be going through the season with, right? Does, do I Am I helping anybody by doing that? The answer is definitely no. So it didn't feel like the honorable thing to do. It didn't feel like the embodiment of honor, courage, commitment it was to just make everyone go through all this trouble, make my company, who had just hired me and given me this job, wait until I was done with this to go back to work. Cause they had, they had said that they would support that. Uh, also that I can just have a picture of me in uniform and tell people that I put on cheap before I got out and I would never have helped a sailor. I would never have deployed no deck plate leadership, none of that. So even though the opportunity was given to me to go do that, I decided the honorable thing to do would be to just get out. So that's what I did. And, uh, and I'm happy with that decision. Like, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of that decision because it was the least selfish, uh, best thing for the Navy that I could do. The only person who, you know, I, I really screwed over was whoever's spot that I took <laughs> for chief in that year, in that year group, who uh, had to wait another year to, to make rank. So whoever you are, we'll never know. But whoever you are, sorry, buddy. Um, male or female, whoever you are, Sorry, I uh, I took your spot. I hope there's no hard feelings. Uh, I'm sure you're doing great now. I'm sure you're doing great now in the Navy. Um, and and if you uh, if you think it was you, if you think I took your spot, if you were the the first person not selected for chief in 2017, go ahead and email me at scuttlebuttshow@gmail.com. I'll give you 5% off a T-shirt. So by the way, head over to scuttlebuttshow.com, buy yourself some merch if you uh, haven't already. We got great stuff over there, shirts notebooks, coffee cups, um, stickers, everything. We got some new stuff up there as of this week. So go check that out. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. So people were wondering that story. Um, yep, Jones, that was, uh, that's, so people were wondering about the story of me making chief, making E7 in the Navy, but, uh, what happened with that? So if you look at my DD 214 or my, my, um, if you don't know what that is, it's the paperwork that you get that kind of it's the definition of your, it's the summary of your military service that you have now for the rest of your life to prove you were in the military, what you did, what awards you got, and your discharge status. So honorably discharged with uh, the rank of E6, but promoted to CPO. That's what it says. Promoted to CPO, not advanced to E7, is what my DD 214 says. Something like that. That might not be a quote, but it says promoted to CPO, not advanced to E7, which is basically what it would have said if I had gone through the whole season anyway. So it looks like I did, but I didn't. That's the story there. Um, like I said, I'm an open book about that kind of thing. So I don't mind uh, sharing those stories. I've got tons of stories from my career in the Navy. If you guys have any questions for me about that, whether it's at sea, on land, in training, in school, as an instructor, as a sailor, whatever it is, happy to answer all those questions. Uh, no uh, big secrets here. So that was a, that was a fun one. Um but now, you know, what you've all been waiting for, what you came here to see is uh, your grandpa graduated Army boot camp. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to, where to begin with this. Let me, um, let me preface this video with a little intro so that way I can hook it up for the YouTube viewers. If you guys listen to this on podcast or watching it live, you know, I post the clips to YouTube. So I always try to do a little introduction um, so that way the YouTube video viewers have, uh, have something to go off of and know what the deal is. So this came across my radar uh, this week, which is straight off of the AARP, the American Association for Retired People, I think, that the oldest army boot camp graduate in the world is a member of the AARP, who now that I've seen their YouTube channel, they love highlighting uh, older people who are doing cool young people stuff. So when I saw this, you know how I felt? Let me tell you how I felt when I saw this my mind was blown. So I just took that hellfire straight to the face because I just could not believe that I saw this guy, 59 years old, graduating army boot camp. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about none other than Monty Gould, 59 year old man uh, who recently went to army bootcamp. And I've got a video here that we're going to share uh, and enjoy together. So let me pull that up and let me get my screen set up here. I'm just minimizing myself so I can maximize the coolness of uh, this soldier over here. And uh, without further ado, let's check out the AARP's video of the oldest person to graduate Army
1: boot camp. You yes, oh, there you go. Nobody ever goes through basic training and, and thinks that it's
0: Holy smoke. So we're seeing this guy for the first time here, and he is an old man. One cool thing is uh, that he's a staff sergeant, which means he was, you know, obviously prior service, but uh, he um, is going to retain some of his rank by joining back into the military, which is pretty common, or when you cross branches. But sometimes when you go from one branch to the next, you do lose a little bit of rank.
1: Nobody ever goes through basic training and and thinks to themselves, oh, I want to repeat that. I figured my Marine Corps boot camp that I went through in 1978 was sufficient.
0: So this guy was a Marine in 1978, which is post Vietnam. But uh, he could have, I don't know how long he served in the Marine Corps, but he could have been in Desert Storm or uh, deployed to like Bosnia or something like that in the 90s. Uh, So let's see what he did in the Marine Corps and why he ended up um, where he is today. But 19, think about that though, 1978, that was 42 years ago. So the last time this guy went to boot camp was 42. I'm not even 42 years old. This guy went to boot camp for the first time and the second time further apart than I am years old. That is out of control.
1: I was unaware that I was going to have to go back to basic training. Picture yourself a 59-year-old man (laughs) being thrust into a situation by which you have to be with 17 to 19-year-olds for three months. Words are pretty cheap. You don't sit around and talk about what you can do. You show people what you can do.
0: Look, first of all, if you're 18 years old and you're in boot camp with the guy who's 59, you better not make any excuses for how hard it is physically. You better not make one complaint, one excuse, one crybaby comment. Like there is nothing you can say to this guy who's damn near 60 years old doing the same stuff you are. Or was he? Arizona. In
1: 1978, I enlisted the United States Marine Corps for three years. Got out and got into law enforcement. And then Desert Storm broke out and I went back into the military. Hoping I was get Desert into combat Storm. operations. I've been deployed to Afghanistan, Kuwait, Asia. I was in the infantry and I joined the National Guard up to about 2009. And then I exited service. Today, I wanted to go back for four different reasons. One was because my son is in the Army Reserve near my home.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. So I see what's going on here. He, uh, he, ha- this guy had a crazy relationship with the military. He, he got in, got out, became a cop, went back in for Desert Storm, got out. <laughs> he, he just wanted to be there for the good stuff. He just wanted to be there for the good stuff and not the BS. He had, be- he had other things to do. He wanted to serve his country, but when he wasn't, you know, deploying, if that, nothing was that, like that was going on, he got out. I, you know what? Well, I can respect that. And then he raises a kid, and then that kid joins the army. All right. I'm, I'm on board here, I
1: think. The ability to serve with my son, which very few people get an opportunity to do. That was a biggie. Then the next one was...
0: By the way, I saw a great, the greatest, like, uh, duffel blog article of all time where it was a picture of a, a, a guy from, like, you know, 2003 in Iraq and doing an interview, and he said we're here now uh, so our our sons and daughters don't have to be. And then the headline was, Sergeant Major embarrassed after this comment when son checks into command preparing for Afghanistan deployment. And I was like, it's so true. We've been now post 9-11 generation. You could have been born on September 11th. You could have been born before, I'm sorry, wait, what am I saying? You could have been born after 9-11, 2001 and be in Afghanistan or Iraq right now. Like- how insane is that? That we are still in these same conflicts and you could have been born after 9-11 and now be participating in them. That is kind of crazy.
1: I have about two more years to do to get my retirement from the United States Army. Number three, I felt like I wanted to serve my nation. I had much more to give. And number four, and most importantly, I felt like I was physically fit enough, good enough health, to do anything that anybody else could do out there and serve my nation in a productive way.
0: What if he was like, number one, I, uh, my son's in the army. Number two, I wanted retirement. Number three, I'm fit. Number two, my son's in the army. <laughs> he started, I, I don't know, I'm making old person jokes. That's probably ageist, and uh, I'm probably going to get canceled now. But it's all in good fun. I bet so this guy would laugh at
1: that. That was the decision-making process for me, so here I am. And I spoke to my wife about An it. Army I, I busted out laughing. Okay. <laughs> it was funny. Both but, of the kids laughed. About yeah, it. but yeah. not in a mean type of way. But you know what? I think you don't have to give up when you get older. You keep going. So I figured...
0: I wonder if he had to be worried about his neighbor, his neighbor John, when he goes out to boot camp and Jody comes over. And he's like, <laughs> from the eight- Hey, it's John, your neighbor from the AARP. I'd like to tell you about a brand new retirement benefit, this D, while your husband's away at boot camp,
1: Why not? I think I'm extremely driven. I'm not gonna take no for an answer and I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna exhaust every possible avenue to achieve the desired end goal. There were some areas of conflict getting back in. I had to submit packages and hundreds of pieces of paper. After 14 months of going through this process, They said, "Okay, you can come to the recruitment station. We'll put you back through the physical one final time. That was physical number four, by the way. During the process of signing a contract and going through the paperwork, they told me, oh, and by the way, there's been a regulation change. You have to go back to basic training. I stopped and looked at them and said, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. I didn't have to go back to basic training the last time. Why would I have to go back to basic training now? They said, well, the regulations changed, so I guess I guess that's it, huh? You're not going to do the contract. And I thought to myself, I'm 59 years old. I I just really do not want to do this. But this is just another obstacle that's been laid before my feet to stop me from doing this. And I'm just going to do it.
0: Hell yeah. You know what? This is awesome. This is actually an awesome story. Like imagine being this guy. I wouldn't go back to boot camp right now. I'm 35 years old. I've, I've actually thought about this before too. Like, Could I go back to boot camp right now? And tolerate, like, not physically, not physically could I go back and do boot camp, but could I tolerate going back through boot camp and being yelled at about the dumbest shit for 10 weeks or whatever again? And I've already done it, you know, he already did it in the Marine Corps. If I, you know, I already did my Navy boot camp, you have to go back through recruit training, which means like day one, like in processing. All of that stuff again, all of that stuff. And not only that, but then you actually have to like go back and relearn how to march and relearn all your general orders, whatever kind of like administrative stuff they make you, academic stuff they make you learn in the army. Um, and then you got a guy who's 25 years old, you know, younger than you, or frankly 25 years old, screaming at you, making you do pushups and stuff. Like that is a real mental block. How, how did this guy, man, how did this guy make this decision? That's so crazy. Older than every drill instructor, for sure.
1: You get off the bus, and there's drill sergeants waiting for you, and then that's where the fun and games begins at that point. Hurry up! Hurry! Go! 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 The Is that drill the shark sergeants, attack? when they saw me, Is that me the famous shark attack I have heard for? It became heard comical about? to me because I knew when a new drill sergeant would see me, they would instantly stop. There was like a moment of hesitation, and they would kind of look at me and then at some point walk up to me and ask me, how old are you? I've never seen anything like this. This is bizarre.
0: Talk about having a target on your back. Like in boot camp, in in our Navy boot camp, we had a recruit last name Rambo. And you like that kid had a target on his back the whole time. Dr- like drill instructors from other divisions would come up and be like, Rambo? Your name is Rambo. Let's see how tough you really are. And then PT him for no reason or find something that he was doing wrong. Uh, they, you know, in boot camp, they love finding little individual you know, traits that people have and then just tearing them apart. Being 60 years old is definitely having a target on your back. So I feel bad for this guy, but not only that, I feel bad for his whole company too, because they were probably getting pt Well, I don't know how hard they would really be on this, on this poor guy, considering he's already been in the military twice. Like they probably take that into consideration, but it definitely upped the standards for his whole, his whole division, his whole boot camp class, uh, whatever the army calls it. I bet they had a lot of expectations to live up to because they had to show up for and and be a good division because they couldn't begin shown shown up by this 60 year old guy
1: going through the training with the younger people there was a, a burden on me as well to perform the best i could to be an example to everyone there people were really curious about why i was there and would tell me openly that it was really motivational and inspiring to have me there with them. If this 59-year-old old guy can do this, I can certainly do this. I'm not getting any breaks. I'm doing the same thing day in, day out. When they got punished, I was right there doing push-ups with them. Through the training, I won the confidence of the drill service because I was able to, to do all the physical exercises, to do all the written tests, to do all the practical application tests without any problem whatsoever. I graduated the top 10% of my class overall, but I was pretty glad to get out of there at that point.
0: He might have actually outranked some of his drill instructors too, because, you know, this guy's coming in as an E6, but there was probably, you know, he was a private in boot camp, I, I'm sure, like wearing private rank and everything, but there was probably E5 drill instructors who knew that he was an E6, and so that must have been awkward for them, you know, you got to take this guy and put him through the paces in boot camp, now I will say there's a giant aspect of b- maturity in bootcamp. Like being young and immature makes boot camp way harder going through it when you're older and more mature and have more self-responsibility and self accountability is going to make the whole process a lot easier. So I will say that probably was on his side, but this is no joke. Like just even the hours that you need to stay awake in bootcamp, this poor guy probably needed a nap. How's this guy making it through the day without a nap? Did his division get a nap time? I'm wondering like, just how, and, and you know, the fact that his body is healthy enough to stand up to this stuff, this is good genetics, right here. I will say that.
1: The single hardest thing to, to overcome in that environment is the age deviation and the way people think. The norms, the culture, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. I was facing the adaptation of that. Other than that, the United States Army did, did an excellent job of organizing the training, administrating the training, the equipment, everything else leading up to that was stellar. It was much better than when I went through boot camp in 1978. It was excellent. It felt- so that's
0: interesting. He says that boot camp was better. Boot camp was better now than it was in 1978. I wonder what particular aspects of that he's, he's referring to because I think that's pretty interesting of a thing to say. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool as well, but you know, the the military is always trying to get better without a push recruits, um, and deciding what's necessary, what's necessary, what's unnecessary as far as training goes. Like the army just had this whole big thing with their shark shark attack, uh, and saying like, what does that really do? What does that really, how does that really benefit people? And I kind of like that mentality. So I appreciate, I do appreciate that them thinking that way. Um, but this guy, uh, this guy seems to have lived up to the, to the expectation. He seems to have been a standard setter and, a uh, Uh, I bet that was a lot for the recruits to live up to, but also gave them a lot of motivation too.
1: Fantastic to wear the uniform again and represent my nation and be part of the team. It's great to be back in the organization with my brothers and sisters in uniform, serving our nation, and just being into something bigger than yourself.
0: Oh, he wanted to move to Vegas. (laughs) I get it. He wanted to move to Las Vegas and party, uh, and I wonder if he lo- this dude loves the dice. This dude loves the dice, I bet. Um, and, and then I feel bad for his kid. Imagine you're 21 years old. You're in the military. Stud. Prime of your life. You get stationed in Las Vegas, and your dad shows up to the barracks, and your dad is in the barracks walking around in his, in his jam jams with his cocoa? that is not the way to do it. That is, that is embarrassing. And he's like wiping the schmutz. Let me get the schmutz off your face. Are you kidding me? That's gotta be rough for this kid. I, 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 I do feel, you know, it's, it's cool. There's, there's a cool factor here for sure of, you know, getting to serve with your dad. Uh, there's some of that, but then when you want to go burn it down on a Saturday and you know, you're getting that look that I got my eyes on you, that is not good. That's not what you want.
1: My personal mantra is be better. Look for something beyond yourself. Look for things that you can do and challenge yourself to make you a better person.
0: You know what? No fucking excuses. I think that's what I think that's what we could take away from that. No excuses. That's what this that's how this guy lives his life right there. So, I appreciate that. I like that, you know, a lot. I think it's pretty cool that this guy did that. Props to him, you know, prop, props to, to Staff Sergeant Gould um, for doing his thing and his son out there. I, I, uh, I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty impressed. I wouldn't want to do it. I'll tell you, I would not want to go back to boot camp, 35 years old. I can, I would not want dudes in there, you know, men and women yelling at me uh, because I didn't fold my pants right, you know, when you've already been there, done a bunch of deployments, lived a whole life. Uh, it's cool when you're 18. You know, I went to boot camp when I was 18 years old. It's cool when you're 18. It's not cool when you're in your mid 30s, I'll tell you that. Um, somebody's telling you how to shave and brush your teeth. Uh, it'd be tough, tough pill to swallow. I'll say that. Um, so thanks for watching that, guys. I do appreciate it. Uh if you like this, if you like that kind of content, go ahead and subscribe. We have more stuff like that coming all the time. Now, uh, Jones said uh we had a guy in basic training that was 40 years old. Damn, that's cool. Uh that's pretty old. I think I had a, I had a guy in boot camp that was 34, 34 years old. Um, but here's what I remember about him. He was a good dude. He was mature. He was a leader in our division, but he was having all kinds of at-home issues, man. He had a, a wife and kids and he had all kinds of issues with that. Like he wasn't getting his pay. I remember him being just broken down like emotionally sometimes because he was worried about his family back home. Like I think it's way harder it's not the physical stuff. Like, it, you know, Regal says, I wouldn't mind boot camp again. Do the, you know, Jones says, do the infantry. Uh, it's, it's, not the, it's not the physical stuff with boot camp. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and, and, the, and it's not like it's that hard of a life. You just, uh, you go through and you do what you have to do every day, you know, and there's some cool, there's some cool fun stuff that you do in boot camp as well. But I kind of think, uh, you know, mentally it's going to be difficult. Mentally, it's going to be difficult to do it again because you've already done it. Like you've already done it once. So going back through the whole process again and just trying to figure out like, man, do I really want to stand here tonight for four hours at attention while they go through and look at everyone's uniform and then yell at us for some uniform infractions and then make us do PT uh, and then flip my bed upside down and make me make it again. Like, do I want to do that when I'm 40 years old? it's not that I couldn't, but I do not want to. I'll tell you that. You know, like we only remember the good stuff. You only walk, you only keep the fond memories, uh, as the years go on, you, you remember the good stuff and you kind of forget about the, the little BS that sucks. And yeah, you know, you could suck it up and do it. It's not a big deal, but, uh, I don't, I don't want to do it again. I would not be excited about going back to boot camp. It's kind of like a, a, uh, a, a, a formality, like a, like it's just a, unfortunate thing that you just have to do. It's just a fact of the matter. This guy had to go to boot camp, so he got it done. He wanted to go back in the army. And frankly, for the retirement, it's worth it. Like he said he only had to do two more years in the army to get retirement. Yeah. It's obviously worth it. You do boot camp for eight weeks or whatever Army boot camp is now, eight or nine weeks. And then you go out into the into the into the unit, whatever I don't know what his MOS was, but he goes down to his unit for two years and he gets full military retirement for the rest of his life, gets that TRICARE, gets that pension. Well, that makes sense. That actually makes total sense. So that would be a good reason to do it. Um, but yeah, if you let me know what you guys think about that in the comments, I'm curious, uh, if you thought that that was, um, a go or a no go to go through boot camp when you're 59 years old and imagine being his drill instructor. Like if you were his drill instructor, would you feel comfortable yelling at this dude? Or would you feel kind of like an asshole? You know, uh, he did. It is volunteer. He did volunteer to go there. So he gets what he gets. But I don't know if I could with a straight face go, you know, yell at this guy for not having his boots bloused or whatever it is. His pants bloused. Um, yeah. So, hey, it's Friday here, guys. It's 1140 in the morning. I, uh, I've got some cool stuff in the works for the upcoming weeks, I hope. By the end of December, I have something really cool to share with you guys uh, that I'm really, really extremely excited about, and I've been working on it for a long time, and it might be finally coming to fruition here, so I'm excited about that. I uh, I don't see any other questions in the comments, so I guess with that, I am going to get out of here and prep for uh, start prepping for next week's shows. My wife is on a training exercise right now, so I'm home alone with our dog for a week, um, so I can hang out and do longer shows. If you guys have any questions for me, do you want me to answer? Hit me up, uh, in the comments or at the at or on Instagram or Facebook, wherever you find me. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys all really soon. I really appreciate you tuning in day after day, week after week. I love it. Uh, we've got a bunch of news stories to cover next week. Sorry about the shoes. Sorry about the shoes, the Louboutins or the Louis Vuittons. I, I don't even know what those words mean, but, uh, sorry if I got that wrong, I do apologize. Uh, there's some cool stuff coming up next week. I promise you guys that, uh, it'll be worth it it's worth the wait for the weekend. Thanks Jones. I appreciate it. Good show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I will look forward to talking to you guys on Monday until then I am out for now.